Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is Rita Springer, and I just wanted to wish all of you an incredible holiday. I hope this Thanksgiving your tables are surrounded with grateful hearts, with incredible food, and with wonderful family, even if your family's hard to be around. <laughs> May you find grace and mercy for them and uh, just laugh a lot. So I just wanted to get on here and let you know this is our last podcast until December. We're going to take a couple weeks break for the holiday and then come back on with a couple um, Christmas podcasts on the 9th and the 16th of December. And then we'll take another break and launch again in the new year. I've got some exciting things we're doing in the new year. Can't wait for you guys to join us for all of those little new adventures that we're going to take on this podcast. And um, just again, want to thank you guys for downloading every week. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast that helps us out. And a shout out to you and me media for um, bringing this podcast into your listening devices. So um, just again, happy holidays. May you be blessed and be full this year. And we will see you again in December. And then we'll take another little break and we'll all come back fresh and ready in the new year. Bless you, everybody. Hey, everybody, this is Rita Springer, and welcome once again to the Rita Springer podcast. I am so blessed that you guys keep downloading and joining us every week as we just talk conversations around the table about all kinds of subjects that I love and things I feel like the Lord moves on my heart to really talk about and encourage you guys in. And so this session, we're going to talk a little about, I've really been wanting to unpack just how to hear the voice of God better, how to um, tune your ear to the things of the Lord. I, I I do get a lot of questions in DMs and stuff like that about, gosh, the way you hear the Lord, um, you make it sound so easy. And I, I think it's easy now because I've trained my ear to hear God's voice. I do remember being strained as a younger person wanting what other people had and being like, man, how do you hear God so clearly? And and then realizing that as much as it's a it's a muscle that you exercise, it really is also about a deep desire to want to connect and communicate with the Lord. And so I think that's my favorite thing is connecting and communicating with the Lord. And I love meeting up with people who have that gift. For me, the prophetic gift, when we're talking about hearing God's voice for others, which is what we're really going to talk about today. That's my favorite. You've heard me talk, if you're listening to these podcasts, in former podcasts that I've done about finding my burn and that burn being kind of held in this place of courage, like that's what I do. So whatever I write about, talk about, sing about, speak about, I'm going to throw my burn into the atmosphere, which is courage, and how I fight the enemy off from the discouragement that I feel coming from the enemy really is found in I'm mustering up the courage that I need in order to fight him off. And so a lot of that kind of segued into and like a like a water kind of flows into the ocean. It was like float into this this gift of the prophetic, which because the prophetic is kind of like 
throwing life or courage on other people. And sometimes it's random and, and sometimes it's, uh, it's people that you know. So I have with me one of my really good friends from Dallas, Texas, when I lived in Dallas on staff at a really lovely church there called Gateway. Uh, seven years I was there. And Lisa and I met, I became a good friend of the family with, with um, Lisa and her um her uh, family, her siblings, and I, I think not all of them are on staff. Your husband's on the staff, but a lot of your family's on staff. Yes. I met your sister years before I ever met you. And then when I lived there, I met Lisa. And I think the really cool thing about you that I've kind of known is that your dad has always, Tom Lane, who's just like, I think he's probably the kindest, greatest father on the planet. He really carries the voice of the prophetic and he carries the understanding of connecting with other voices who are in the prophetic and, and doing what gateway kind of deems as um, presbytery, right? That's how you say it. Yes. For just our audience, because that terminology, I would never even call it that when I got to gate, I was like, what do you guys call it? Because I grew up in the charismatic movement and we just called it the prophetic. But when I got to Gateway, they actually, they, they talked about it as they gave it these really beautiful kind of safe titles like Words in Due Season and Presbytery. Can you explain that whole thing at the church, which is now what you're kind of a part of, um, just so that um, people that are listening almost have a, an idea of what Presbytery actually is? Well, presbytery is something that we have people that they set aside, that they're going to be for sure receiving words during those services. And so it's either something that the church has recognized that they're you know, transitioning roles, so they feel like this is a poignant time for them to kind of come and get confirming words for what God's doing, or it may be new people that they're hiring, wanting to use this time to kind of affirm in them things that God sees and wants to speak over them. Um, And so those are the people that we come already knowing how many couples that will be prophesied over. And then what they'll do in the service will transition to words and season. And then that just kind of opens up for whatever time we have left in the service to be able to see in the service who God might highlight during the service and highlight, I can understand might be a weird term because we literally don't see them highlighting, but there's just something about them that draws us to them. And then what I say is that if God draws me to them and I notice something about either the way they worship or just something about them that I get, gets my attention, I always pause and I say, Lord, am I drawn to them for a reason? Is there Mm -hmm. something that you're stirring in my heart that I want to take a minute and see what you might be wanting to say to them. And so that's kind of how words and season look and how we find people in the, in the audience. Which what I've lo- what I love about that model, Lisa, just while we're sitting here um, trying to explain that as opposed to prophetic words or, um, you know, when, when uh, somebody walks up to you randomly in a grocery store and says something wild to you, or you feel like that's what you're supposed to do to somebody in a grocery store, that's a little bit different than what you're saying because the presbytery has kind of set aside time yes. where people are chosen within the body um, and um, uh, prophetic voices are gathered around given um, – are they given the names of those people? They're not given like the details of the people. They're just given like this is a couple, right? They're just given kind of – 
Yeah, you know, to really protect the integrity of the yeah, prophetic, yeah. they don't give any any details. So we only know coming in that we're either praying for a couple or if it's a single male or single female. Those are the only information yeah. that we know. So it makes it exciting because, you know, there's no way people can go, oh, you Googled them or you looked them up or you went on Facebook. Like we we don't get their names until right before we go out to the service. And that's the, and that when we're up there prophesying over and then we can identify them by, by name. But up until that moment, we only have been praying, this is couple one. Lord, what do you have to say for the wife and husband? Right. And that's, that's under the presbytery banner of that time set aside where the church or the staff has chosen these people. They've let the voices of of the of the those that are going to get those encouraging words and prophesy over them that they're couple one, couple two, a single man, a single girl, you know, a single pastor, whatever. And then the words in due season are after that. You're saying if you are looking out into the audience and you feel like, oh my gosh, that person in the red shirt has something on them. I feel like the Lord is saying this about them. Right. That's what you're saying. Yes. The reason I love that model is because your dad, you grew up under that model. Like you, you've pretty much grown up your whole life under that model where I was, I was under the charismatic, spontaneous word in a conference, you know, almost to the point where in some prophetic, um, in some prophetic arenas, people would, would, would call out people's addresses. Yeah. And and get and get incredibly specific words where you were like, oh no, certainly they looked these people up. You know what I'm saying? It was like yeah. it was almost like crazy town. But I want you to actually pull us into your journey because so many people I think want to hear God's voice, but they almost find it almost like this mountain that's just you know, so it would be so difficult to climb that trying to, to even quiet themselves to hear any kind of thing that God is saying or direction that God's giving seems almost luminous for them. And so I don't find it that difficult, but I remember our early conversations, you having the track record of being under Tom, your dad, and under under Gateway's kind of um uh, you know, just that beautiful protective um, banner of of how that they, you guys really um, put borders and parameters around the safety of the prophetic, um, where in charismatic churches sometimes it's like, it's a free for all, you know? Um, I got trained kind of like being like the kid thrown into the pool and, and the parent just said, swim. Um, and <laughs> what Gateway really does is kind of train you to do that. And so can you tell us, because I find your story fascinating from somebody that our earlier conversations, when I lived there for seven years, I remember even the trembling of insecurity with what could I ever, could I ever hear that? Like, could I ever be used by God to do those things? And now you travel actually sitting on these presbyteries and being a solid voice um, to hear those things. So just Take us through like those early years of you having to learn. I think this is a calling of mine. I think this is a gifting of mine. And then actually being being like um, brave enough to walk that out. Well, so what Gateway offers for women that are trying to develop what God's put in them, um, we have something called WILD, which stands in stands for Women in Leadership Development. So I remember years ago, maybe 10 years going through that class and 
the journey of the classes each week, they take you through a process of writing a devotional or what is trying to define your passion. So you have five weeks of them kind of helping you see what is in me, like what has maybe God put in me that I've never been able to identify or recognize. And then when you get to the sixth week, they want you to come to class with some form of project. And really my heart going into that class was, Lord, what have you developed in me that makes me unique? I know you're not wanting a bunch of duplicates, like you're trying to have each of us fulfill a purpose. And so I heard him say um, the first week, I want you to write a prophetic word for all the girls in the class, which was 13. And I, I honestly resisted it at the beginning because knowing my dad operates in that gift, I, I just didn't want to feel that I was already trying to, you know, just go along with something that he had really kind of been a trailblazer in and just really um, set in as one who was very prophetic. And I thought, Lord, I'm, I, I really want to just, make sure that I'm cultivating what you put in. So for three weeks, I revisited that conversation with the Lord once a week. And then it was the third week that I just thought this, I'm not hearing anything different. And so I said, Lord, I have a friend in the class who we just reconnected by being in the class. And I said, Lord, what would you say to her? Like what? And the only word I heard for her was grace. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you think of prophetic, a lot of times you think that it has to be like, well, I remember when you lived on Shady Lane when you were three yeah. years old and the Lord visited you, and the, you know, and so when all I heard was grace, I just thought, Lord, I don't, I don't know what grace means to her or what, you know, and that's truly all I got. And so I just kind of maybe felt a little defeated because in my mind, I thought a prophetic word had to be much more in depth and have this lots of details associated with it. So I went to class the next day and was visiting with this friend about our project. And she started to share with me what her idea was. And she was going to write a book and the uh, and she was going to talk about the chapters. And I said, that's amazing. What is your book going to be about? And she said, Grace. And it just broke me because I realized mm. that the Lord was already giving me a hint into what she was, give, you know, having her journey look like with the word grace. And so it just kind of built my faith a little bit. Like, do you maybe think you are hearing God? Like, do you maybe think that he is saying this to you? And then how do you step out in this? And so, you know, prophetic is a faith gift. I mean, and it's a, it's a muscle that you develop, you know, and so there will still even be times where it seems like, Okay, that seemed a little more right, and uh, this one maybe didn't seem as as in tune. But you know, the thing that I will always say is, Lord, I never want you to stop speaking, mm-hmm. and that's where I became in my walk with the Lord. Of like, and so how we define a prophetic word is it does it speak edification, does it speak exhortation, and will it bring comfort? And so to me, if what I feel like the Lord is saying falls within those boundaries. Then I'm like, how, you know, even if all I hear for someone is, I just felt like the Lord is wanting me to tell you how beautiful you look. And we don't know if that person on the other end truly struggles with not feeling beautiful, right. not feeling, you know, it's like, we, we don't know. We only know in part, so we only prophesy in part. So we get to see how what they're going through, the impact of the word now really fills towards them. And so that to me was just something that over time I had to just 
really set time aside because I wanted to understand the father's heart too, because Mm -hmm. in this, if I'm not able to convey the father's heart, then I'm being representing something that isn't who the father is to them. And so I just would steward my time with the Lord. And then I, I was, you know, trying to be consistent of saying, I'm going to set time aside because it's like, if I'm constantly on the go saying, okay, Lord, I'm, I got five minutes speak here. I got five minutes speak there. I mean, that's not how you grow in this. Like I would sit and be still and then write in faith what I would believe to hear the Lord saying and then deliver it in faith. And then, of course, when you would get confirmation back from people that you were giving words to, it it builds your faith to be able to keep stepping out more. But it's something that just over time, you know, I, I remember when I first went out on my first presbytery with my dad. And he was wanting to just kind of help bring up women in this gift and help guide us and train us and help us find our voice, which was awesome. Awesome Mm -hmm. for that. Because we do represent something different that men don't carry in this gift. And um, so we were in the the pre-meeting service. And one of the other prophetic voices that I respect so much is Wayne Drain. And so we're talking about the service. And so uh, Pastor Wayne looks over at me and he says, hey, if you get any word in season for someone that I have a word for, why don't you just go ahead and jump in on that? And what my dad had talked about before going to this church was, hey, what we'll do when you're there is we'll have you write out any word that you may get. And then when we get back, we'll kind of talk it through and see kind of how the the word laid out and did it seem to align with scripture because God will never contradict his words. So we don't mm-hmm. want to say anything that will contradict that. And then it, it falls again under those first um, Corinthians 14, the edification, expert, exhortation and comfort. So that's where I went to that church with that, that frame of mind. Well, then here we have pastor Wayne saying, Hey, you get a word for anyone. Why don't you just jump on in there? Yeah. And so I was very intimidated at that thought. And I, and then I kind of thought, okay, well, I mean, could I really get a word that for someone that Pastor Wayne, who's been doing this for a long time, has, you know, a word for? So I kind of went into the service, really very small faith, I have to yeah. say. And I, I didn't expect at all for anyone. I mean, I was being still in my heart looking for people that maybe I thought God was drawing my attention to. And so when Words in Season came and one of the first people Pastor Wayne called out was someone on my sheet, I mean, my heart was racing. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, he said to go right after him. Do I go? And so that was kind of my first introduction into the whole presbytery service was, you know, thrown in. But it it was sweet confirmation because I was able to see very seasoned men in this gift, how God was kind and letting me see, you know, I'm, I am speaking. This is my voice. I want you to recognize it more. I think sometimes too, what's, what's a difficult journey in the church that still is present today, unfortunately, is that, um, is that women, whether a church has kind of like parameters around women in authority or women in leadership there's always uh, like our own parameters we put around our own hearts Mm -hmm. that disqualify us in some of these giftings. Um, And I'm always surprised by that when it comes to prayer, worship, and the prophetic, it seems like the prophetic is 
is is more seen, I guess, by on stages by men doing them, like prophetic male voices. But when I think about the prophetic, I almost see it as almost like a female characteristic because when I think about being a mom and I think about women in general and, and the, the, you know, you talk about exhortation, encouragement and comfort. Like you get a lot of those things from your mom. Like you get a lot of comfort and encouragement and stuff. You, you women carry a lot of those like comforting things or, or at least we're kind of supposed to carry those things. So it's really interesting to me that, um, and it's, it's actually pretty amazing to hear um, someone like you talk about being actually guided by these, these kind of male icons of the prophetic voice and, and be seen as trainable and to have the authority to do it, which not every church experiences. And um, how has that for you? Because I know that, and you and I have had these conversations about the insecurity sometimes we carry around with us. When you're, when you're doing something like the prophetic, somebody else is involved in that. Somebody else's trauma, somebody else's expectation, somebody else's wounding, somebody else's heart. And when you're getting a word for them, you don't know what you're speaking into. It's like you're, you're throwing a penny down a well and waiting to hear it splash. Mm-hmm. And, and I think as women, um, we are so able to lean against the, the, the voice of the Lord and hear sometimes more clearly. But do you find that your insecurities kind of, if, if anything will keep you from being able to believe that you have what it takes, it's, either your own insecurities or for some women, it's the fact that there's no, there's no leadership around them that, that gives them the freedom or the authority to actually believe that they can. How's that been for you? Not on the side of, cause you, you've obviously had the beauty of your dad and other male leaders kind of seeing the gift in you. How do you keep yourself as a woman from not um, buckling underneath the insecurity of what if I get it wrong? What if I get it wrong? What if I get it wrong? Well, it to me, it's not the focus that I want to constantly be at the forefront. I'm like, Lord, even if there was a part of me that my human side somehow got in the way, if they felt your love and they know your heart, then that love covers. You know, the Bible talks about love covers a multitude of sin, but I just believe love covers even in this area. And so to me, it's not about trying to, you know, it's great when you knock it out of the park and you're like, man, there's clearly no way that I could have known that. But there are many, many examples that I have of where words have not been for that season right now. Yeah. And thankfully the people haven't thrown them away but I just last year had a word that I, I gave a guy in our words in season. And, you know, sometimes you can see that they don't know what to do with it. But again, I'm only delivering in faith. So I really tried to maybe walk back with not knowing and saying, Lord, help. If it's mm-hmm. not you, then throw it away because I'm not trying to be God in their life. And that's yeah. what I'm constantly having to just to even check myself when giving a word because we're we're not like the Old Testament prophets, right? Like we all have the Holy Spirit living in us. So what we're wanting to help in each person is 
we, you know, either believe that the Lord's speaking to them. And so they're going to get confirmation for what they believe the Lord has already said to them and build their faith that, that they hear the Lord. Or we're going to help something that they may not even know to identify, which is the spirit that's in them, make that come alive. And they want to go and cultivate it for themselves. But our heart is never to be the one that they have to keep running back to to understand something about the Lord or get answers because they really need to do that in their own time of like, help unpack this with me, Lord. How are you wanting this to speak? So when that word last year was given to a guy, I didn't fully know it didn't land until about four months later, I get a call from the pastor and he said, there's a guy from last year that you gave a word to that wants to so badly tell you how it didn't mean anything then, but it does now. And it was just so great for where he is now, but it didn't mean anything then. And so it definitely is something that, you know, I just am always trying to remember that, Lord, I'm just wanting to honor you. And so in, in honoring him, I want to keep my heart tender to him. Mm-hmm. And so if there are ones that don't seem to fall as accurate, I can't let those make me cave under the pressure because it's it's not anything that I'm trying to do to better myself, get myself's name out there. Like if I'm truly trying to convey the Father's heart, then that's my motivation for anything in this ministry. It's not about being able to get to that, you know, yeah. place in your heart where no one would know but the Father. And and I do want to be able to encourage people in that way and have it be such a supernatural gift. But my my focus always in this gift is just to be able to show them how much the Father loves them. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to how women are different in this this way is there'll be sometimes a word given where it's resonate and the person is just weeping. Well, it's it's kind of awkward for a man then to kind of lean in and want to hug them or right, come. right. But as the woman, that's what I get to do. Yeah, and I have yeah. so many moments after a word where I get to just hug them and just be in awe of what God did or what they needed from the Lord. We were all able to witness and be a part of, and so that's something that has been so wonderful to just realize like women, we have a lot of emotions and they're, they're really some sweet things that we get to feel in the moment of when we're getting to be a part of something that God's doing. And so part of that is I'm, I remember last year giving a word to someone and it just broke her because it was, she was believing this lie and I was able to to speak to that lie in a way that just broke it. And so she's bawling and I'm trying to wipe my tears because it's unbelievable. The presence of God that we're feeling in that moment. And so it is just something that it's, I just allow myself to be human in that moment because it's very supernatural. And so that's too about getting the, the words too. you have to realize you are human. I mean, there is a part of me that's the equation in this, that I'm trying to partner with the Holy Spirit in this. So I can't take that part out of it, but I just need to really check in the process of why am I doing the prophetic? And if it truly is just to love on God's people, because everybody's walking through something and they need, you know, an encouragement. And then if I'm, if I'm 
operating in that way, then I think it takes the weight sometimes of what we've put on ourselves of like, how are we, how, how are we giving the word or what is the word? And we can just give it freely because it's like, I'm just, I, you know, you can receive it, not receive it. You can yeah. know that God loves you, not loves you. But I don't feel that I want anyone to go, you have to receive this because this is a word from the Lord. Really, it's yeah, up it would to be them. more our insecurities that would I probably want people to do that. I've always looked at like the words that I've gotten that didn't make sense when I got them mm-hmm. um, as almost like, you know, when you're just walking on a sidewalk and you find a, a penny or a dime or a quarter and you can walk past it and not pick it up. But when you pick it up and you stick it in your pocket, you know, there sometimes it's like you never know when you need a penny. You never know when you need a dime. You never know when you need a quarter. And so if we train ourselves to pick up what's laying in front of us, even if it doesn't make sense at the time, um, it really is. Like there, I've, I've had more testimonies, even through the dive school, of the prophetic journals that we would make. Yeah. And we would, you know, lead them through trying to speak, let the Lord speak to them through what they put on the cover of this journal and what they put on the back of the journal. And, and it was so random and we wanted them to be so random, but it would be years later that I would still get emails and phone calls saying, now I know what that, why I did what I did. The Lord spoke to me. And if Mm -hmm. I had never put that picture of the blah, blah, blah on there, I would have never had the Lord use that then three, four, five years later to show me something. And so it really is about the course of obedience in the moment and not allowing fear to to kind of un, unravel or to close us off from being willing to give the word. When, you, when you're talking about stuff like presbytery and words in due season, and those are, are really protective, um, beautiful, safe houses of the prophetic in corporate um, uh, church. Um, but there are kind of like these other settings that I've kind of been in where um, my, you know, my corporate setting sometimes is really, is really the world. And it is really in the grocery store or on the airplanes that I'm on because I've exercised all of the stuff that, um, you know, I I remember, I don't know if I've told this story here. Um, I won't go into the whole thing, but it's pretty, it was one of those stories where it was like, you know, sitting on planes is where I used to get a lot of my words, Lisa, because I was trapped you know, I was trapped in quiet. I wasn't busy, you know, and so it really is the art of studying when you're talking about what you're doing. If you're given, okay, you've got five couples, um, you've got couple one, couple two, couple three, couple four, and you've got to sit down and you're going to actually spend time sitting down being like, God, what are you saying for couple number one? Um, but when you're on a plane, you know, constantly, or when you're in, you're, you're randomly being put up on the spot and you're feeling God move in an audience, it's almost like this um, um, Russian roulette kind of thing where you're just like, I feel the Lord moving on my heart and the lady in the orange sweater, I feel like, and sometimes it's very deep, like what the Lord will have me say, like I, I, I see a loss, um, you, you experiencing a great, great loss and the Lord wants you to know he's going to rebuild your house. And, and then to hear the story afterward and think, oh, my gosh, it was such a risk to talk about that loss, you know, to talk about that vulnerability and, and have the Lord actually meet you on the road of your cast off and be like, that's it, 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 that's it. it's landing. And then you have the other people that, you know, 
cross their arms and look like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't care what you're saying, but it ain't mean, mean nothing to me. And those are the ones you just have to be like, anyway, moving on, you know, and usually it always come back around. But I remember being on a plane and having the Lord really starting to speak to me on planes about the conference I was headed to because I was, I was trapped for a couple hours and I was in a place of, of quieting my heart. And, and he spoke to me um, in kind of this brief way about wanting to actually restore a woman um, who had lost a child, but he didn't specify how she'd lost that child. He just, I, the imagery that I had in my mind was, it, it may have been like, through miscarriage, through abortion, through um, adoption, or through just the, the death of a child. And so I wasn't getting specifics. I was asking the Lord for specific, specifics on the plane, but he wasn't giving those specifics. Mm-hmm. And all I had written down was kind of like this general, this mm-hmm. is what I want to do. I want to give her back her peace, and I want to roll shame and reproach off of her shoulders. And this will be the last day she ever feels it. And so when I got to that women's event that I was flying to, that word never resurfaced. And I never remembered that word. It was tucked in my journal, but it never came back again. And if I'd thought about it, I probably would have felt a bit of guilt, but I've learned that with the prophetic and when you, when God's giving you something, if he's going to give it to you, he's also going to remind you about it. Yeah. And so it wasn't until three or four months later at a completely different event in a completely different city that all of a sudden in the end of ministry time, the Lord reminded me of that, um, that journal entry. And he said, that woman is here today. Mm-hmm. And so I just randomly said, this is what I felt like on a plane. I don't know if you hear, but I feel like the Lord wants to roll this back. And, and as I went through the, the, you know, the line at praying for women, there were, you know, four or five different women that leaned in and said, I'm that woman. And mm. what was so interesting about that story, and I may have told it on the podcast before, but what is so interesting about that story is all of these women had, were all married and they all had two sons but the, the word was that they had lost a daughter. They'd lost a child that was a little girl. And all of these women had lost a little girl. The first three had all had, like one was an abortion, one was a miscarriage, um, one had adopted her daughter out, but they were all married and had two sons. And then the last woman that came up to me had actually lost um, three daughters. Hmm. And so it was just, uh, I literally was just, it was one of those profound moments where it's like, who am I that on a plane headed to an obscure city three to four months before you were ever even going to release that word to that girl, you spoke to me about those women that I had no idea. And all you needed was my obedience to actually hear your voice, articulate what you were saying, pray about what you were saying, and then be willing to rehear the voice, ignite the word and say, now's the time. Now's the time. I just, I marvel at that all the time because I think I don't give myself enough credit, Mm -hmm. but the prophetic is really about the obedience of delivery and the obedience in giving God, um, in the moment, um, Lending your voice to the Lord to be that thing that he needs to be to crack somebody open or to lay a blanket on somebody's 
weary shoulders. And that's what I've always loved about the prophetic. And I've loved about people, even like you, who I, I love when women get the gift. You know, I just love when women get the gift because they're fierce in their delivery of it. And, um, but I, I love the, the journey, I guess, uh, what, what, as I watch you, the thing I'm so proud of you is that you, there's the timidity in you that once was there, you know, we were sitting around my pool in that rental house when I first moved to Dallas and we were talking about the voice of God and talking about your destiny and your calling. And you had, that was the first time I heard you mention, I think I want to like, I, I would love to learn how to prophesy. I would love to learn how to hear the voice of God like that and do that stuff that my dad does. And, and I think it was always brewing in you, but to see you now where your articulation of it has no intimidation of it, has no like, I don't know if I could ever do that. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember you sharing with me some of the early words where you were like, I don't know about this. It's so scary. Like I'm out there and I, I'm just, I'm just like, okay, here it goes. You know, and you're, you're almost like sweating profusely yeah. when you do it and hyperventilating. And then afterward, the power of, of what, what's, I think it makes me weepy thinking about, I have been on stage after stage after stage in worship and there's power in that, but nothing has ever filled me with the kind of um, power from the Lord as the gift mm -hmm. of advancement and the gift of prophecy. Well, and I think what I would love to just kind of talk a little bit more because kind of the format of how you're using it is not for everyday listeners. And yeah. so for the ones that are, I'm a mom or I work in an office, like how does that look in my life? And I remember um, kind of funny that you said being on a plane. I remember um, being on a plane and the stewardess walked by and I just immediately felt a burden for her in my heart. Mm. And I thought, okay, well, this seems kind of like just, you know, random. So is this something, Lord, that you're stirring in my heart? And, um, you know, when you're not in a church setting, it can be a little intimidating because yeah. how do you even approach the person? Because you're thinking, are they... You know, do they have under, understand prophetic? Have they had a history of it being abused? Or, you know, do I have to go into a whole long teaching of what prophetic is? And, you know, we actually overcomplicate it. Yeah. As if we, we, we really do. And because I think we've, we come sometimes with this thought of, um, you know, I'm bringing you a word from the Lord. And I, you know, feel this like now we're going to change our tone and delivery. And, Really, in it, we're just wanting to convey and encouraging that something that we believe is from the Lord, but then yeah. they get to decide. And so I remember it was early on, so my faith was very low in this gift. And I remember just kind of joking with the Lord, like, okay, Lord, you know, if she's the, if I was supposed to give her this word, you know, have her come back by the, the seat again. And the flight that I was on was a very short flight. So by the time I unpacked this with the Lord, we're basically on our, our descend. Yeah. So I, I didn't have her come back. So I just kind of thought, well, you know, that was, that was that. So by now I'm, I'm about to get off the plane and walk, walk up the jet bridge. And I happened to glance to my left 
And guess who's walking up the jet bridge with me? The stewardess. The stewardess. <laughs> is this just a coincidence? I mean, but let's be real. It wasn't a coincidence yeah. that I know in my heart. And so I basically just kind of led with, you know, just when I was sitting there, I just had something that I wanted to share that I thought might be encouraging. And and I did share very briefly, but not in depth about, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and I believe the Lord speaks. And I just wanted to share um, something that I believe hopefully would encourage your heart. Would you be open to hearing that? She said, oh, yes, yes, I, I believe. And I love the prophetic. So that made it easier oh, because good. her heart was open. But, um, you know, we often don't allow ourselves to be aware of how God is speaking, no matter where we are. He may be speaking to us. He may be speaking to us for other people. Yeah. And we just aren't often where we're listening. And, you know, I, I was, I'm not saying this has to be every delivery, but I remember watching, um, uh, uh, you, or, we, our neighbor, their daughter was speaking at an event at a church. So I wanted to log on and watch what she was saying. And as she was speaking, I just felt something drop in my heart for her. Well, I knew my neighbors, but I didn't really know their daughter. And so I thought, well, this could be kind of interesting because I'm not trying to all of a sudden be, Hey, I'm, I want to talk with yeah, you. And yeah. and but it, you know, I, I just couldn't get away that heaviness that my heart was pounding. And so um, I ended up figuring out a way to to reach out to her, but I remember being guided in this way, and I just felt like I wasn't supposed to say, "Hey, I wanted to reach out because I feel like I have a word from the Lord for you." Instead, I said, "Hey, I wanted to share." When you were speaking, I felt something that I believe could be an encouraging word to you. Would you be willing to let me share it with you or talk it through? So fast forward, maybe a week later, she's now in my home. And um, so she was, she said to me, I actually was open to hearing what you had to say because you didn't say you had a word from the Lord. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, you know, sometimes people are tired of other people saying, I'm hearing the Lord for you and this is what you need to hear. And they've been abused by it. And so, you know, really it is up to the other person to decide, is this what you're needing to hear? I mean, I can believe it's for the Lord for you, but you're, you have to decide if you want to receive it. But I just thought, you know what, Lord, help me be tender in how I approach and wanting someone to receive what I have to say, no matter how intense I feel it is from you or not from you. I would just want their heart to be loved on and encouraged and so it, and so we got to unpack what it was that the Lord showed me during the, the yeah. time I saw her on TV. And to this day, I get, I mean, this has been maybe a couple of years and I get a text. She said, I just a month ago, she texted me and said, I just want you to remember to know I still haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten what you said. And it's really something that ha- continues to speak to me. And so those are things that I'm like, only God. Only God can do that. But I had to be obedient and I had to believe that God was guiding me. But then I was also just tender and wanting to just deliver it in a gentle way where it wasn't something that felt, you know, that I was pressuring her to receive what I had to say. Yeah. I mean, it really is the the delivery of how we do it. 
it, it, it always needs, to me, it always needs a tender approach every time. I had this experience a couple of weeks ago where I was two planes, two hours after you got off the second plane to get to this small, obscure city in Nebraska. And it was just a small women's conference that a group of ladies was putting on. I don't think they, they'd ever done it before, or maybe they, maybe it was like one of their first or second ones. And, and that Saturday morning, I just happened to sit down and the, the lady next to me was like 87 years old, sweetest little old lady. And the lady that was running the conference said, oh, I just met her randomly in a grocery store and just invited her to come to this thing. And so this old lady shows up at this event and she's sitting next to me. And I, I mean, old people, I just love elderly people. And so I was asking her all about her life and she was telling me how she survived like some massive tornado that took her house while she was in the basement. And, and so I was just fascinated by her. And then it was kind of my turn to, to go up and, and do worship. And, and, and then the Lord moves on me prophetically. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it hasn't happened like that in, in <clears throat> probably six months where I was like you in the red sweater, you in the, um, where the Lord was just saying these really random, beautiful things about people. And then I just prayed and then I sat back down and there was a note, you know, in this precious woman's little elderly chicken scratch, you know, and it was this question that she had written. I don't know why she wrote me the note. She was sitting right next to me, but she said, are you a faith healer? I, I said, what is this? And she leaned over and she said, are you a faith healer? And it actually blessed me because it was her terminology of her day and age of ever seeing anybody that did anything remotely like, yeah. like that. You know, yeah. I remember, I remember that term my grandmother using as, you know, those faith healers used to come through our old towns mm-hmm. and like hold these revival tent meetings. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you think of a faith healer? And she said, I haven't seen or felt like that since mm. I walked. I don't know where she walked in. She goes, I, a tumor developed on my foot and I, I walk, I was at this place and this gentleman came over to me and said, the Lord, um, the Lord kind of moved on my heart to pray for your foot. And she said, well, I have a tumor on my foot. You could pray for my tumor. And she's like, you know, that man, he leaned down, he put his hand on my ankle and he prayed and, and said all this stuff about me and the Lord. I mean, she couldn't even like, she wasn't even grasping what was happening. And she said, and that tumor disappeared. And I never had a problem with that tumor ever again. And she said, and I have not ever felt that way again, except for when you were doing what you were doing. What do you call that? And I said, oh, that's not faith healing. That's that's what we call the prophetic. And she she then, as sweet as she could be, said, how do you spell that? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wrote it down on a piece of paper for her. And I, I, I walked away and I thought to myself, man, I, I always hope, A, that I'm, the kind of, um, that I'm the kind of minister who will go to the obscure towns in the middle of nowhere when God asks me to, so that I don't miss the opportunity and the chances to be sitting next to people like this little old lady who has experienced the presence of God prophetically now twice in her entire life. And, and that, that for her was so impactful that I'm like, man, I, I just want to be willing and ready to be where God wants me to speak or to, and she let me pray for her before I left. 
And um, because she wanted me to like impart to her, you know, and so it's like, it was just the sweetest thing. I'm like, man, I, I, I'm so glad that, that we, we have the opportunity to hear God's voice, not just for the direction of our own lives and, and in the raising of our kids or in our marriages, in our careers, but really to be the hands and feet of Jesus to other people, which is what this is. And to always just be directed in that place of how can I today be God's voice for somebody else? I mean, do you find yourself like walking into Starbucks and being like, okay, God, come on, bring it on. (laughs) Because you've exercised it enough now, do you you invite the Lord into those moments where it's like, if you want to speak to me today about anybody at, at my child's school or go for it, just do it. Do you ever do that? Yes, I do. And it it is a, a balancing of like wanting to just be aware that, you know, if someone's, if it's crazy busy, you know, at school, like not trying to, you know, I, I know your child's pulling on your legs, but I really feel like I have something to share with you. But, you know, just looking for pockets of when you can make deposits of words of encouragement or asking the Lord for more of when you can do that. And, you know, even I'll never forget, it wasn't a prophetic, but it was just something back at the grocery store when um, there was a lady scanning my groceries. And it was just obvious that there was something joyful about her, the way that, you know, it, it, it just like her eyes lit up, like everything about her face. And so it wasn't a prophetic moment, but it was a moment that I, I paused to say, Lord, there's something really special about this woman and how she just has definite joy exuding through her. And I'll never forget because, you know, I, I just wanted to take a moment just to identify something about her, what I saw that she just seemed joyful. And when I said to her how joyful she looks and just how much light just comes from her, she looked at me, she goes, well, do you want to know why? And I, I was so taken back because I didn't expect, you know, I just expected a simple, yeah. oh, thank you, that's kind. And so I'm like, yeah, I, I do. I want to know. And so she pulls her phone out. So imagine this is the lady scanning my groceries. Now we've paused, <laughs> scanning my groceries to pull her phone out. And um, she pulls up a YouTube video of a worship set by a, a band that was, something that just changed her life. And she said, here, and so she handed me her phone. And so I'm watching this whole YouTube video of a worship group and just being in the moment. So now we have someone that's come up behind me watching her. And I do this exchange. I've got this song playing this loud worship song going through her phone. And it was just a, like, I left change. I left change. I was able to see something cool about her. And then she turned around and deposited something in me. And it was this, very beautiful exchange of getting in the car and just feeling like what just happened in that moment. That was really cool. And I think for, you know, the prophetic, when, when we, I've, my husband, I've been members at gateway for over 20 years. And so we've had a lot of services through those 21 years that we've been able to be a part of. So before I ever did anything with prophetic, we would have these presbytery services and it would be a, a three day, many services process that we would have. And I just would tell my husband, I always wanted to go. I just wanted to be there. 
And what I knew was this, I couldn't even articulate. I knew by being there, I felt something that I had never felt before. And I was witnessing something that only could be described as supernatural. Yeah, I just wanted to be there. And so that's what is so beautiful when we have this in such a healthy way of it's something supernatural that only God can get the glory for that. It's something that people like you were saying about this lady, like, I've never felt this before. Right. And, you know, what you want to do is you want it to build people's faith in back to the thought of God does love for you. God, God yeah. does care for you. Yeah. God does care about every little detail in your life. You're not forgotten. You haven't been overlooked. You know, sometimes even just stopping and, you know, saying something that you notice about them is it breaks all kinds of things off in them. And so if we can just be mindful that we're just the deliverer, where we don't have to come up with the word, the Holy Spirit will deposit and and then we can just deliver in faith what we believe we're hearing. And then it's the supernatural part of it that we get to see God do what they need. Only God can do, not us. That's so good, Lisa. Can you just even like, because that right there, what, what you just said is so great for people that kind of feel like, they're kind of rumbling in the gifting, like when, when, cause you know, we, you, you talk about when you're, when your heart starts beating out of your chest, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, and you're in a room and you feel like you're supposed to say something or supposed to, a lot of times the Lord will use our physical body when, when we're in a place that's stirring us to say, Hey, this is a gift. This is a gift. This is a gift. This is. And so what would you say to people who are like, really feel like they want to encourage people like that, what, what would be the first thing that you would encourage them to do to just begin to marinate in, in that gift? Well, I, you know, our church, we offer classes for people that are wanting to grow mm-hmm. in that class. So I would encourage you to look for classes that you can go and grow in this gift and kind of within exercise your yeah. Yeah, within your community or you can look into gateway offers, stuff that you can have um, access to. Or my my dad wrote a book with Pastor Wayne Drain called He Still Speaks. Like just reading up on something just to be able to um, get a, just a, a healthy foundation of what it looks like. And then the thing that I do always, even when you were saying like you get that rumbling, you feel like I've, you know, I've got to say something. But there's always an, an honoring. Like I never, I always like to have authority in my life that I respect and that I I value where they are as seasoned believers and how I want them to always be an accountability in this area because I don't ever want to feel like that now I'm in a place where I can just speak freely however I feel like needs to be you know what shared and I just need to have people that can help keep my heart in check in this gift yeah. And so even when we go minister at churches, you know, we keep talking about words and season and it's only what we are allowed for time wise after we give the words for the people in the, that have been set aside. And there'll be times that I'll have more words than what the time is allowed. Wow. Does that mean that I have to be like, no, 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 I've got to give every single one of these words. No, I'm, I'm always honoring who's the pastor of this house, who's God put as the head. And if he will come and say, you know what, just for time reasons, we have to wrap it up. Then I just have to trust that 
whatever that those words were that I got that I couldn't deliver, I, they'll be for another time. God will bring them back to another service. But I never feel like I have to get ahead or get, you know, so fired up about what I feel like the Lord's saying that I go kind of off on my own where I don't realize yeah. that I've got people in my life that help me be able to navigate this in a way that's healthy. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good, Lisa. I know that, um, you know, I talk a lot on this podcast about, about the risk, sometimes just the risk of believing that belief in it, in and of itself for many of us who really struggle with doubt, it's, it's a risk. It's mm-hmm. a risk to believe that, um, God loves you enough to save you and then puts you on a path that actually has, has righteousness, excellence, and good future ahead. And a, a lot of us just still struggle with, with risk in general, but to hear the voice of God for ourselves is risky. To hear it for other people feels almost weighty. And yet I don't feel like that's what the Lord wants us to feel. I think he gives us such a great example of how he spoke to the disciples, how he commu- had community with the disciples. And he was really prophetic. One of my, my, my favorite things Jesus does in the New Testament when he meets Simon is he prophetically declares over Simon that who he's meeting at this point isn't the man he will become. Mm-hmm. And I love that, that, that God sees us as we are, but is always seeing us past how we are to the potential of what we can become. And it's our risk to be able to believe that God um, is speaking loudly and will use us as um, the, the uh, voice pieces to encourage the body of Christ. However, that comes down, however, your gateway does it so beautifully. In fact, I'm going to shout out again, um, uh, Lisa's dad, Tom Lane, is just probably one of the most um, gifted communicators in hearing the voice of God. Um, and really, he was just one of the greatest pastoral leaders I've ever um, been under in that seven years at Gateway um, alongside Robert Morris and, and the team. But um, the voice, that, I mean, the, the book that he's written with Wayne Drain, who is another prophetic voice, is He Still Speaks. And that's a really um, uh, great book for those of you that are, isn't it? It's, it's kind of a beginner book too, Lisa, where people can read that book and be like, oh my gosh, okay, so this is, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a great resource. Gateway has a lot of different resources about that. You can Google a lot of prophetic resources. Um, you can get yourself into some trouble with some of the yeah. ones that you're yeah. – so stay with some of the safe ones. And um, and then I'm just going to say, too, is even when we close um, this episode, the word of God is your best direction. Mm-hmm. Like to stay in the word of God. And when you're asking even God for a word for somebody and God gives you a scripture, having God give you like, like something in the word, A, go look at the scripture before you give the scripture. <laughs> really wise how many times people have i got this scripture for you and then it's like hellfire and and destruction (laughs) you know but when god is actually sometimes god will train us in i i still get this where i'll be like what do you want for the ladies of this and he'll just say psalm blah 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 
revelation, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll go back and read them like, oh my gosh, this is such an amazing word. Yeah. And train yourself, train your ear in the word to understand the word better. That is probably one of your best resources in learning the voice of God is learning the testimonial passage of Jesus and then realizing, oh my gosh, the encouragement and the prophetic that's in the word and yeah. how it is still prophesying over our soul today and teaching us how to hear, how to glean, how to trust, and then how to risk um, all the things that, that God's asking us to do. Is there anything, Lucy, you'd say in closing, just as encouragement? Really, one word from God can change everything. And I'm such a testimony of people stepping out in faith. And it could be as small as, I just really felt that you needed to hear that God loves you. And it could be a morning where I just did not feel the love of God that strong and wondered, God, do you even love me in that moment? And such a simple word as that, or having someone tell me one that I walked away thinking, were they in my head? Because that's the only way they would have known what they just shared with me. So you've got two extremes, but both of them have impacted my life in a way that I'm always always grateful when someone steps out in obedience to share a word that comes in the form of edification, exhortation, and comfort, because it doesn't matter what stage of life I have found that they are the ones that still the same devil wants to take you down at any level. level. And so it just is a, a ministry that done in a way that it just keeps championing people to keep going in their walk with the Lord. And that's what, I believe the heart of the prophetic is to help people feel that you you got this. Keep going. Yeah. Don't give up. Don't let the devil tell you that you've gone too far, that you've you've blown it now or that God doesn't have good things for you because that's the father that I know. Those are not the words of his heart. And yeah. you find you know, don't ever neglect your own time with the Lord, but realize too that those words in that way to be able to help people grow in their faith and grow in their their own belief of who God says they are it's powerful it's a powerful ministry so good thank you Lisa you're welcome I love you to death you're the best oh I've loved being here (laughs) I think you're the best I'm very grateful for you it's awesome well thank you for sharing with us and I hope that encourages those of you out there if it does, just remember to subscribe to the podcast and um, continue joining us every week. Um, I love what the Lord's doing with this with people. And I just want to keep being a light and an encouragement to those of you that need it. So remember to subscribe to the podcast and we will see you on the next one. <laughs>